To all who come to our happy place, welcome to the No Guilt Disney Podcast, where we have no guilt about our love for all things Disney. We are three Disney fangirls who probably know more about the Disney parks than most grown women should. We're perfectly okay with that. You know, I can't, I don't understand how anyone wouldn't be okay with owning their truth. Like, that's how I feel about this. Yeah, I agree. I am I am being authentically me here, and everyone go. just needs to accept that. <laughs> Hello, everyone. My name is Teresa, and you can find me on Twitter at Gertie the Dino. I'm Jane, and you can find me on Instagram at RealMouseWifeWDW. Hey, y'all. I'm Patty Holiday from the No Guilt Universe, uh, which consists of No Guilt Disney, No Guilt Life, and No Guilt Fangirl blogs, as well as, obviously, this podcast uh, and other places and things, but you can find me on all socials at no guilt life. And this is going to be our big summer news dump um, episode. A lot of things have happened over the course of the summer that we wanted to go back and touch on that we weren't able to cover earlier, but then also some things that are leading into the fall that we're super excited about as well. So it's one of those mishmash discussions that we're having. And, uh, I think you might be in for a good ride because if some of the conversations come up that I think are going to come up, you're also going to get some fights because I know that's what you're here for. I mean, I mean, we all, we always agree on everything. So I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Well, math is math. I'm just going to say that now. Math is math. And then we'll get to that. <laughs> oh man, we're a mess. I know, I know. Obviously, oh, that's what that's what the people are here for. Let's be honest; we know what. They honestly, want. <laughs> honestly, I'm like that's why people listen. They're like, this is the messiest podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we try though, we and we're cute, so you know, we we got some stuff going for us here. <laughs> Something. Uh, all right. Um, first, I want to talk about what felt like the biggest drawn out wait in forever, which it probably wasn't. Um, I think we were just very spoiled with the last springtime surprise announcement, but we're going to roll straight into Run Disney. Um, Run Disney, for those that are new to the concept, uh, is an experience where you get to go and you run road races at the Walt Disney World Parks. Um, no, they do not have them at Disneyland at this time. They used to. They don't anymore. Okay, so there's four four race weekends a year. One of them has been recently rebranded and it's called uh, the springtime surprise. And the kick here is that it is literally a surprise. I mean, they tell you in advance, but it's a surprise every year on how they're going to change things up. So last year, I think it was like November that they let us know what the theming was going to be. And then we didn't register until the following summer, right? No, they let us know... It was end of November that they gave us the theme, but we yeah. registered like right after. Oh, you're de- right. We yeah, registered it was in December. Because I remember yeah. That's right. I purposely That's right. bought a gift card for someone to run the 10 miler. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So that that is correct. Yes. Um, we found out in November and then we registered in December for whatever. Oh, and then the race was in April. That's why everything was pushed back. Okay. That makes the timeline a little bit more clear for me. I just didn't remember it. So we'd been waiting and waiting and waiting all summer long, thinking they were going to let us know what the 2023 race weekend would look like. The 2022 race weekend is the first time we've had a springtime surprise. So that's the extent of our history knowledge as to what to expect. And 
what they pulled out was all the races of yesteryear. And so there was a lot of fun races that um, like I had not experienced that I, I got to go and do the 5k, which was the expedition Everest 5k. I got to do that. I mean, kind of limited because they had to change it up a little bit last minute, but <laughs> I did get to experience that. Um, but that was one of the races that had been sunset uh, long ago. So this year we didn't know what they were what they were coming up with, but we did, you know, make ourselves our little list. Uh, the Facebook group chimed in too, and everybody had some ideas and some suggestions on what would make good themes. And somebody actually did call it. Uh, so the theme finally came out this week, and it is a Pixar themed springtime surprise weekend. So anybody that missed this news, you've got a Cars five k, a Monsters Inc ten k, a Toy Story ten miler. Uh, the challenge is finding Nemo themed. And then another surprise, they're doing the yoga session, not in front of the castle in Magic Kingdom, but they're doing it in Hollywood Studios. So that's another twist that they are they're throwing out there. And I, and I got to say, I love this idea that we have something new, something different to look forward to every year. I wish the surprise had been that it was a Disneyland race. But well, 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 Patty, technically it is. Well, that's not technically, but <laughs> but yes, historically, they are reusing um, the Pixar theme that they once did for the Disneyland half marathon weekend. So that is true. That is true. Uh, but that's what we have going on with Run Disney. General registration is August 23rd. So that's coming right up around the corner. 10 a.m. Eastern time. You know the drill. I'll link you all the tips that you need to get registered for this event. There's also going to be a virtual component. So if you can't make it to Disney World, but you still want the shirt and the medal and the experience at home, uh, you can register for that on August 26th at 10 a.m. Uh, yes, these races will sell out. They typically do. Um, I've seen a lot of excitement over the theme. So I feel like... I feel like this one's going to be a fairly quick sellout. The only caveat I will say is uh, April is a busy time of year and an expensive time of year to get to Walt Disney World. So I could see some families who would love to run this race choose not to because they already have spring break plans and or it just costs like there's cheaper times to go. This is one of the most expensive hotel periods um, and tickets um, that are out there. But if you are coming, it's also one of the best weather weekends. Like usually it's, it's pretty nice. So I'm, I'm back. I'm going. I think I've talked myself into yoga in front of Hollywood studios because why not? Oh, but I think I'm going to do yoga and I'm going to do the 5k. I'm laughing because I literally was about to be like, this can be a really hot weekend. So people really need to be aware. And you're like the northerner. You're like, this is such a great weekend for weather. Like all of us down here in Florida, we're, we're so glad that it stayed a 10 miler because we were like, it's too late in the season for half marathons. They need to have the shorter races. So well, it for sure is too late for the half marathon. I agree. I, I like the 10 miler option. I think that was a smart move. But what I'm saying as far as the weather is in my experience with Florida, May through October is ungodly disgusting and gross. Up until then, yes, there can be days that are like that. But as a consistent, like you guys are usually hitting like the 80s. 80s is doable. 80s ain't that bad. Yeah, but it's like feels like in the 90s. <laughs> 
well. I mean, we, we still go outside of our houses in April. Like now, like I don't leave my house. So when they're like, Correct. oh, it's 112. I'm like, is it? I is have it? No idea. I wouldn't know. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's why I'm saying I think April has always been a good weather weekend um, from that perspective. But also I haven't run a half marathon there since like April 20. 20- 17. So, you know, I retired that distance a long time ago. Um, Teresa, are you going to do any runtime surprise, uh, a springtime surprise? Is this in your interest? Probably not. I will say, I, so I really appreciated the theming that they did last year with bringing back retired races because there were some that, you know, the Expedition Everest 5K was my first Disney race and there, the um, Tower of Terror 10 Miler is one I'd always wanted to do. Scheduling didn't work out for me. So I was. I, I, but I really like that they brought back those retired races. And I'll say you mentioning now that Pixar was a Disneyland themed race. Like, that makes a little more sense to me than just thinking they had picked Pixar because it's a popular, you know, popular characters and theme. Um, I do. So I do like the fact that for people who maybe not to, maybe not have a chance to do that at Disneyland now have a chance to do that at Walt Disney World. But the theme to me, it just doesn't do much for me. Um, and so I was, and I'm also curious because I know last time with the springtime surprise races, they did have, I think it was the Expedition Everest 5K. They did bring it back as a nighttime race because it historically had been a nighttime race. And that was something I'm just curious if any of these, if they're all the traditional early morning races or if any of them are a nighttime race this time around. All traditional early morning. This, um, this Pixar theme was the last year that they did Disneyland races we had this, the Pixar theme. So, um, and all the races were exactly the same. It was a Cars 5K, it was a Monsters, Inc. 10K, and it was a um, Toy Story half marathon theme. Which so. also makes a lot of sense over there too, just given they've got Cars Land, they've got the Monsters, Inc. ride. Um, it makes sense yeah. that the yoga is going to be in Hollywood Studios because of Toy Story Land. So I do feel like there's, it makes sense for the races to go through Um to go through Hollywood studios, maybe a little more than sometimes they have in the past, just because where the toy story attractions are. Um, I know magic kingdom also does have the laugh floor, but it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what the courses look like for this, given that there's not, there's, there's Pixar in all of the parks, but it's not as heavily represented in all of the parks that I feel like it is with cars land over in Disneyland. Yeah. My guess is that it's going to be pretty much the 10 miler, uh, uh, map that they ran for the Tower of Terror 10 miler. Which, for this year. Yeah, for this year. And yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, Jane, but didn't it go through Toy Story Land, which was a first? I believe so. I didn't run it. Um, but I think from what I heard, it went through Galaxy's Edge and mm-hmm. um, and Toy Story Land. So it would make sense. Um, and then even we have the Lightning McQueen. Mm-hmm. I don't know officially what it's called, but racing there's like Academy. That, that's it. The cutesy little racing Academy that we have yep, over by uh, rock and roller coaster. So um, I'm sure like it, it makes a little sense. And I mean, like if we wanted to be like, I don't know, Disney conspiracy theorists, which like, I like to spend my time that way. I'd like to think that maybe they'll announce like a monsters Inc thing for Hollywood studios. And then like, how cool would that be? Like, let's have something new and fun over there. It would be fun. It would be fun. Uh, well, you know, there are some folks that have said the um, uh, rock and roller roller coaster could yeah. be turned into Boo's door. The door coaster. I mean, the long, the long rumored door coaster. The long rumored I, door coaster. 
I wouldn't be mad. I'm just saying. Uh, you know, it could be fun. I The coaster itself is fun, period. So I don't care what they do as long as there's music involved, because that really sells it for me. So um, true. So I'm not, so I don't know what kind of Monsters, Inc. music you could have going played on there, but I'm sure they would come up with some clever, you know, fun way to do it. But anyway, that, that would be, that would be fun. And who knows, D23 Expo's around the corner and with... Uh, the money that we're about to talk about when we get into the earnings call, um, there could be some money to make this happen because, I mean, could be. hey, Bob and Josh, they're listening. They always are. Hi, guys. Um, if you're looking for some suggestions, we're just going to throw that out there on ways to spend your billions. Um all right, so that's Run Disney. Uh, I know that that is a big topic of conversation. It's a big um, interest, as particularly to the podcast listeners here. If you want additional information, uh, please come visit us in the Facebook group. It is No Guilt Disney, uh, No Guilt Disney on Facebook, and come see us there. Uh, I typically link all of the information as we get closer to registration and to tips um, for races. And we have a ton of folks with a lot of Run Disney knowledge in there. So they are happy to help any new people out who are have questions and they don't know who to ask. Come ask us. That's what, that's what we love to do. That's partially why we're here. Um, okay. So from Run Disney, which that's not even like, we're not even running that one until April. Let's talk about uh, Halloween because that's <laughs> we're gonna okay. Hit, I know, I know. We're gonna hit our favorite topics right off the bat. So let's go ahead and jump into uh, Disney World Halloween, and then a sidetrack to Disneyland Halloween. But that one, we're gonna have m- way more to talk about once we all get back from D twenty three Expo because we'll have experienced more of the Disneyland Halloween alive and in person when we're there. So uh, Disneylanders, we're, we're getting you. Don't worry. It's coming. It's coming. But um, let's talk about what is happening at Walt Disney World right now. It is, it's officially Halloween, right? It is officially Halloween. I had a woman, I went um, shopping at uh, Home Goods a few weeks ago, not sponsored. And I was buying all of the Halloween things because it was time to turn my um, house into Halloween. And the woman, as I was checking out, she says to me, ma'am, do you know that Halloween is only, it's, it's only one month and we, it's two months before we get there. And I was like, ma'am, it's Halloween on August 12th. Who am I to argue with Disney? We start now. Like, <laughs> what? What? We're no, on Dis- we start now. We're on Disney's calendar. This is the way this works. <laughs> I mean, we live in Orlando. Like, I understand for those folks that really want to preserve that magic and, and save their summers up north. I understand. You guys aren't ready for pumpkin lattes and whatever. Down here in Florida, we're burning in hell. We want pumpkin and sweaters and happiness. And Disney is like, we will give that to you. <laughs> well, I certainly hope you guys aren't wearing your boots and sweaters into the park. But if you do, <laughs> uh, send us those pictures of you passed out because, oof. Uh, yeah, so it's ha- it's officially Halloween at Walt Disney World. And there's the typical stuff. If you are planning a trip and you're going to be down there um, through November 1st, you will see pumpkins galore all over the place. And um, all of the fall decor is out and about. However, the big thing that uh, Walt Disney World has finally brought back after two years from pandemic is we do have the official Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween party back. Uh, Teresa, have you been to this party? I can't remember if this was something you'd ever done. 
Yes, it's not something I do every trip. Um, and especially lately, I usually end up going the first week in November. So I'm usually just missing most of the Halloween activities. But I've done it two or three times in the past. I uh, I've like dressed up once or twice when I've done it. So I do think I do think it's a really fun party. I think it's a great parade, even though it kind of gets stuck in your head <laughs> a little bit. Uh, I haven't been since they've Obviously, I did not go when they had the modified version, and I have not been since they introduced the Sanderson sisters as part of the Halloween party experience. So it's been a while for me, but I do think it's a fun event. I do think it's a nice way if you happen to be down in Florida around that time and you're maybe not planning on doing a full parks day. I do think it's a fun way to kind of go and experience Magic Kingdom for a few hours. So I support the Halloween party, but it's not a must do every time for me. And then on the other hand is Jane, <laughs> who is Halloween 365. Um, Halloween 365. Halloween I mean, 365. Nothing better. <laughs> um, Jane, are you still mourning the, the pass that you once were able to buy for the Halloween party? I mean, those were the days. Those were the days. Pre-pandemic, you could pay, what was it? Was it like $400 or $300? How much was it? It was like, it was like $300 and everybody was like, oh my God, it's so expensive. And I was like, ah, this is a freaking steal. And now I'm like $300 got you into every single Halloween party. Yep. I believe it was except for Halloween night. I don't know. I wasn't going Halloween night anyway. That sounds right. But like every single party and everyone was like, oh my God, it's so expensive. And I was like, oh my God, how do I keep giving you more money? Like, honestly, if you, if you told me it was $500, I'd give it to you right now. I don't understand. Why can't I have my party pass back? <laughs> well, and, and truthfully, because you are so close to the magic, it completely makes sense. You pop in, you see the parade and you leave. Like, I, yeah. And, it- I could, and, and that was the, the joy of it was like, I would be able to go and just take in like one snippet. So then, you know, when people ask a question and they say, oh, did you, whatever, did you check out every candy treat trail? I'm not going to go down that path with you, Patty, but did you check out every candy treat trail? <laughs> yes, sometimes I did. And then it was like, did you check out every photo op? Yes, I could, because I literally could do every single thing and because I didn't have to do it all in one night. Listen, Just the candy treat trails... <laughs> The candy yeah. treat trails. No, 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 no. Follow. You're going to like what I have to say. If this pass had come back, I would have no problem with those with a pass hitting up whatever candy treat trail they want to whenever they want to. Why? Because you have the flexibility to go back and do everything else in little snippets as much as you wanted to, right? I am aiming my disdain for the candy treat trail, or at least the disdain to do not make it your priority. I'm just saying, don't make it a priority. I'm not saying don't take your kids on it. Don't take yourself on it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it doesn't need to be your number one priority to go and get a Reese's peanut butter cup where you can literally go to CVS and buy a whole bag of those without all the junk, you know, added to it. Like you can get all just the good stuff for a lot less than the price of a park ticket for this Halloween party. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Okay, and but I am saying <laughs> I know you're as part an of the adult, magic. <laughs> you do not get to trick or treat anywhere else as an adult. I get it. Parents can take out their tiny toddlers. Guess what? I don't have a tiny toddler. Guess what? I don't plan on getting a tiny, a tiny toddler. toddler. <laughs> so, like, if I walk around Celebration Florida on Halloween Day by myself, guess what? I am a creeper. <laughs> 
You have a point. They're <laughs> calling the cops on me. So for me to be able to pay $129, which is such a bargain price compared to, you know, I don't know, getting out of jail. So $129, I can go to the Magic Kingdom. I can dress up as whatever I'd like to. And I can trick or treat like a normal person and get my candy. I'm going to do that. That is a fabulous idea. And I highly recommend that every adult does this who doesn't have children so that you too can avoid jail time. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. All right. All that being said, there is no such thing this year as of yet, like that could change, right? There's no such thing as of yet of this like party pass. So, but there are tickets for individual Halloween party nights. They are extra. You have to buy them on top of your regular theme park day ticket um, if you chose to do so. Um, They're still pretty readily available. Most of September and October still had availability. Um, Halloween is sold out. There's a couple of other days in August, I think, that are sold out. But for the same most, with September and same with September. But for the most part, if you are interested in going and you're a local or you wanted to make a trip in order to go to this party, you still have that opportunity and you can still do so. Um, some of the fun things that I love about this party are the photo ops that you can't get during like regular Halloween time uh, that are just they're a lot of fun. The magic shots are to die for. They're so cute. They're so great. They also set up a couple of, for for this party, they've set up a couple of like backdrop situations where you'll be able to walk up and, you know, put yourself in a frame essentially. And I saw that they had like, um, there's Sleepy Hollow, there's 20,000 Leagues, there's a Hocus Pocus 2 one for those of you that, that love that so much. Um, there's Mr. Toad. Mr. Toad. Yeah, yeah. And Monsters, Inc. So they have some good options for good photos, uh, which I do think are worth taking because you can't get them anywhere else outside of the party. Uh, also new this year, they have Max Goof, Goofy, Max Goofy. I don't, I don't know this character. I'm not young enough. Teresa, I think you're the young in here. Tell us about, <laughs> tell us what's happening with, with Powerline and why this is exciting for people of a certain age. Yeah. So this is one of the things that I, I'm, wish I was going to the Halloween party this year so I could see it. And I would even said to a friend the other day that this needs to be a part of just the Disney parks generally. So for all my fans of a Goofy movie, they do have before the Halloween parade this year, they have Max Goof coming out, dressed up as Powerline, kind of going out, dancing, doing doing the moves. Do, he's doing the, um, the perfect cast, which is the signature dance move. So this is one, it's kind of like, it's a nice new addition for this year. And I think they should have it all the time. Uh, but that's going to be the thing that I mentioned that about the Halloween parties that I really like are a chance to see characters that you might get to see around the parks normally. And I've gotten these character photos. I love so much that they put some of the characters in special Halloween costumes that you can only see at this party. I think the costumes are adorable. I definitely have waited in line to see Elvis Stitch before because mm-hmm. why wouldn't you? Uh, but so yeah, I think uh, Max being power line to kind of open open the parade, I think is excellent. And they just need to have that always like that needs to be permanent part of, of the magic. <laughs> uh, character photos, Jane. What are your some of your favorite like traditional? They they come back year after year. Uh, I, off the top of my head, the seven dwarves. Like you never get all seven dwarves together in one place, except for at the Halloween party. So getting a picture with seven dwarves is pretty cool. 
Yeah, you can get that Halloween and Christmas party. Also, uh, Christmas also. party too. Okay, good to know. Um, I would say that for characters, my favorites are definitely like the classics, like Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Daisy. They always come out, like Teresa said, they're always in their Halloween costumes. So you usually get like witch Minnie, um, you'll get a uh, vampire Mickey, Daisy and Donald, I forget what they're dressed up as, but like Chip and Dale, like, like those are all really great. But, um, I don't know what the lines are going to be like this year, but that used to be one of the challenges is sort of balancing how long the lines are for those versus everything else that you want to get done Mm -hmm. um, during your time at the party. But I do want to mention the booty parade. um, Not only is this one of my top parades, which I probably say about all parades because I just love parades. Um, but the Booty You Parade this year is the first fully staffed parade to come back to Walt Disney World. So since the pandemic closed, this is our first one. And I think that's pretty cool because I think, um, you know, as we're starting to wrap up with everything really being open now, it is showing that um, maybe we're not budget cutting everything. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <Yeah>, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that that was exciting. Um, the first uh, the first uh, Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween party happened on Friday night before this recording, so I was definitely watching, trying to pay attention. I currently do not have a Mickey's Not So Scary plan for this year. I do have an Oogie Boogie Bash, which is the Disneyland version of this, which is pst, it's a lot better. Um, happening, but I will say I, I, I'm kind of looking at dates and trying to figure out if there's a way I can come crash on Jane's couch. I don't know, Jane, I might change my flight and go straight from LA to your house with you and then go to the Halloween party (laughs) the next night. All right. Well, you just need to let me know so that I can buy that ticket. Um, just, yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at it, trying to decide if I can like talk myself into it. Um, but um, regardless, I definitely have a ticket, but it is after Oogie Boogie Bash. Um, so I will have to wait another, I don't know, six-ish weeks or so before I get to go. Unless they open on a party pass. and Or unless, you know what? Unless Disney just wants to be like, Jane, you can have a single party pass because we know how much you love it. Just Jane. Just, just, this is just for you, Jane, the 365 Halloween girl. Yeah. I'm sure that's. I would appreciate that. Uh 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 Okay. Uh, Anything else Halloween party we want to wrap up with before we move on? Okay. I'm going to take that as a no. Let's just talk about some general news and some general openings and some things that are happening in the parks. Some of this is Disneyland. Some of this is Walt Disney World. I'm going to throw out Disneyland real quick. Um, The Finding Nemo subs are back. They are up and running. They look gorgeous. They look beautiful. They look cleaned up. They look bright. Uh, Some of the changes that they made look really good. If you are into closed quarters and you love that, then that's the ride for you. I will be skipping it. Um, I've been on the subs, I think, twice and both times. This is even pre-pandemic, pre-COVID. I just wasn't comfortable. I just, I don't, didn't care for it. It's not even that the space is all that tight. I just, it's just not my thing. I just, it was just too closed in, too, ugh. So I was obviously never going to join the Navy and... (laughs) 
try to get on a ship at some point because I would not, it would not work for me. Um, but that's one thing to know is that that one is back up and running and it's been down for a long time. And there was actually some concerns, I think, with some structural integrity and such, but hopefully they fixed the leaks that they were experiencing. I don't know if they did or if they're just letting those leaks happen. Uh, but that was a big concern that they discovered during the pandemic timeframe uh, closure. And then there's also early entry for the uh, hotel guests at uh, Disneyland. This is different than pre-pandemic. They had something called Magic Morning and some of the uh, Good Neighbor Hotels participated in certain things. There were there was early morning also for the Disneyland official hotel folks as well. And they were on different days. And it was it was a confusing program, to be honest. What they've done is they scrapped all the extraneous stuff. And we've only got early entry for hotel guests at Disneyland. It's 30 minutes early, just like it is at Walt Disney World. You you know just have to be staying there. And then also obviously have um, tickets and uh, reservations for the parks. Uh, but both parks are open each day, just like it is at Walt Disney World. And um, you just have to have your reservation to be able to get in. Make sure you link everything on the Disneyland app because that's how they know if you're eligible to come through or not. Um, it also looks like very similar to Walt Disney World. They're at, at Magic Kingdom, they're only opening the Fantasyland and the Tomorrowland attractions. Like not everything is open for your 30 minutes. They do funnel you a certain way. And then at um, DCA, it looks like it's a little bit more wide open. Like the whole park may be open in general, but the only one that, the only like headliner that stood out to me that's not on this list of being available is Radiator Springs Racers. Uh, but Guardians is open, Incredicoaster is open, um, uh, Web Slingers is open during early morning hours. So you could get a ton of stuff done if you're willing to get up and get early and do the rope drop um, as a Disneyland hotel, official hotel person. Uh, so heads up, that is, that's back and it's awesome and take advantage of it because you can get in and out and get a lot of things done. Uh, okay. What other news do you guys have? Somebody just start throwing stuff out. Well, while we're on the topic of Disneyland, I know something that Jane and I feel very passionate about is the very disappointing news that on, I think it's September 1st, one week one week before we're flying in for D23 Expo, um, the special limited time engagement of the Main Street Electrical Parade will be leaving Disneyland. Uh, this does tie into some of the Halloween conversation because that's the reason it is leaving is because of their their evening Halloween events. So that is happening. Jane and I are both so disappointed. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so, it but just be aware. Such if a you, poor decision. Don't yeah. worry, it will be back, even though this is absolutely the last time you can ever catch it. <laughs> yeah. That's, well, that's what that's what I, we're both hoping. I'm like, maybe maybe they're gonna, announcing it's leaving so they can bring it back over to Walt Disney World. Although, again, because of the all of the Halloween parties followed by the Christmas parties, it wouldn't really be running until next year. But I am still hoping that... I, I did not go to California to see it because I was like, it will be there when I'm there for D23 Expo. I don't need to go fly out a second time. And I'm, I am a little distraught <laughs> that I missed my opportunity to see it like, again. 
one week before one like, week before really you guys know that like some diehard fans are coming i'm not they're doing all the electrical parade channel go. they are but, doing but, a like, panel about the so, music electrical parade unless you're gonna drag those floats across the stage and sing and dance and play the music and turn the lights out a panel is just not gonna do it well all I can say is they usually do things for a reason. So I'm not going to be mad if they're like, surprise, you have paint the night back. I agree. I would take that in a heartbeat over Main Street Electrical Parade. So sorry, Teresa. But you know, we, we need a whole podcast of things I'd give up to get back paint the night. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely a solid episode. <laughs> um, and I don't even get a I'm going to drop that in the, in the Facebook group and let everybody chime in. And I don't even like parades, but I, 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 I would do, I would do some things to get, to get that. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Who knows? We'll, we'll have to see what they're, what they have up their sleeves. Um, I agree. It's weird timing. Again, it, like you said, Teresa, it literally could be, <laughs> they dangled it out there for the D23 faithfuls. Right. And then they're snatching it back. But then they're going to pop it out and say, guess what? It's coming to Walt Disney World October 1st for the 50th anniversary, blah, blah, blah. So that all those D23 faithful will go, oh, well, then I need to book another uh, trip to Walt Disney World so I can see that parade since I didn't get to see it this weekend. Like, they're pretty good at stuff like that, like master manipulators of our vacation times and funds. And so I could I could see that being a sitch. So we'll see. Maybe. I know it's what it's what the people want. Just, <laughs> what the people want. I mean, if you really want to give the people what they want, then give me paint the night here. And I mean, take out Mac, do whatever you have to do to make the make them allow them to make the turns and whatever. Like, just figure it out. <laughs> have we discussed this? Could they do physically? Could they do paint the night at Hollywood Studios, or did we determine that it just doesn't? Like, there's not enough room for like Mac. Like, could you keep Mac and do it at Hollywood Studios versus Magic Kingdom? I don't believe, um, as I say, no, if I maybe do one on the left, they might be able to. Uh, that's that was the only thing that I was, you know, like going, well, it would also, it's a great parade for Hollywood Studios, but it really is. But I'm not sure that Hollywood Studios is as set up for big parades like that because we've never had big parades like that. Like they've had smaller, no. you know, ca cavalcades and such. But I don't. They've never done a big one, so I'm just I'm not sure. But anyway, uh, we'll see what we'll see what they come up with. Uh, listen, either coast, whatever. Just give me back paint the night for an extended well, run so that I can see Florida, it. And Florida, give Florida a nighttime parade. <laughs> Like we, it's God. been so long, I would say. And, you know, obviously I have my preference. Jane has her preference of what we want that night parade to be. But I think we can all agree. Florida should have Florida should have a nighttime parade again. And listen, I don't care, except that if it'll get you guys to stop whining, do it. Like, oh, we're, oh, never, no, we're we're always going to whine about something. <laughs> be real. That's why we have a podcast. <laughs> This is true. This is true. Okay. Um, other things that are opening or have opened up since we last had a news show. Uh, Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique is reopening on August 25th. You can start making your reservations now. It's a 60 day in advance situation. So 
definitely, if you've got littles and this is your dream or their dream or a combination of both, we won't judge. Um, it is time to go ahead and start booking those. The adult Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique option, which was the character couture that has not been announced to return just yet. Um, who knows if they will or not, but uh, the the little kid option is there. And if, for anybody that doesn't know exactly what this is, it's, it's kind of like a mini makeover uh, for for princes and princesses to to go in. And um, my daughter did it when she was, I think she was about six. And it was adorable and the cutest thing. And she wore her hair up in a bun because they shellacked the crap out of it. Um, she kept her hair in a bun for the last three days that we were there after we got it done. So if you're worrying like that the hairstyle doesn't stay, as long as you don't go swimming and obviously dunk your head under the water, it'll stay. It'll stay. Cause I don't know what kind of products they're putting in, in these kids hair, but it is, it's epoxy. Like it, it stays up. She actually even had a cute little short bob. And so we were concerned. I was concerned that it wouldn't go up into a bun. Oh no, no, no. They, they made that work and it was really, really cute. I saw someone, I saw someone, it was either on, it was probably on TikTok because that's where I spend most of my time, but it was either on TikTok or Instagram or something. And they were saying that they would like to see the addition to Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique like they do at Beaches and Cream when you get the kitchen sink and then they yell about you getting a whole can of whipped cream. <laughs> if they wanted oh, Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique when they spray the little girl's hair, they want them to yell a whole can of hairspray. <laughs> That is like, that's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. That was that's very, very clever. Oh, but it's true. It is, it is so true. I, I really had low expectations going in on what they would be able to do with their hair since it was short. And yeah, we got the look that we were, that she was hoping for and that we wanted. Uh, so anyway, so that's back. Um, the other thing that's back is Harmony Barbershop. Uh, you can get you, actually you adults can get their haircut on Main Street, but also they have the first haircut package for, um, you know, little kids. It's the cutest thing. Uh, so that's also an option. Um, Victoria and Albert's, the super fancy, fancy restaurant over at Grand, uh, I was about to call it Grand Californian, Grand Floridian. Yep, yeah. I'm, I'm already in Disneyland. You can, you guys know where my head is. Uh, the uh, Grand Floridian is also been rethemed, redecorated, brightened up, uh, and it is reopened as well. It also came with a much heftier price tag than it once had. So, you know, uh, but I can say I, I did have the experience of, of going there once. And I am not a foodie. I really was afraid that the whole situation would be lost on me. But I can I can tell you to this day, I think that was in 2015 that I went. I still think about the bread that I ate there. It was so dang good. I have never, it's never been replicated. <laughs> and and I, I'm a girl that loves some bread. And I have never found the bread that they served there to, to anything close to it. Uh, Victorian Alberts was, it was absolutely worth the cost at that time. Um, so if it's on your bucket list, if you get to go, if you're interested, we want to hear about it because it's now way out of my price range. I won't be trying to go anytime soon. Um, however, it still looks amazing. So come tell us about it. If you have been. Uh, what else? What else has come out? What else or do we want to talk well, about? There are actually two other things that have been reopened and rethemed. So Jane, I know you have been to the reopened top of the world lounge, which now does have a villains theme. So can you share your experience there? 
I sure can. Um, so Top of the World is the lounge on top of Bay Lake Tower. It is a DEC only lounge that um, you can visit if you're checked in using your DVC points. Um, if you're not staying at Bay Lake Tower and you want to go, you're able to go. I would just like to recommend to everybody, um, they were not letting us through the guard gate unless we had our wallet, like the um, our ID in the wallet. So you're able to set up your ticket, put it in your mobile wallet, um, like through the mobile magic ID. And then when you pull it down, it shows your DVC, um, it shows your DVC icon and your eligibility. So I highly recommend that for anybody that's going, we had like the, we had the regular card printed out. They still wouldn't accept it. You had to have your mobile magic ID, which, um, luckily I did. So we were able to get in. It is villains themed, um, loosely, <laughs> I would say that the drinks are incredibly themed. They are delicious. They are surprising. They're innovative. So um, if you are willing to go and take a shot at trying some of the drinks and stuff, it's pretty cool. Um, they do two different things. So there is a pre-booked, I believe it's like $55 or something. There is a pre-booked villains experience that you can book every night there. Um, we did not do that. We chose to do a standby walk-up line. Um, we were in within 10 or 15 minutes. We just wanted to go to watch fireworks. And then we went up, we ordered some drinks. The theming is um, underwhelming. As I, I said to somebody, wow, I have better theming in my house. Oh, um, ouch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, listen, I have some pretty good theme in my house, but like, it's, it's, it's pretty sad. Can and, confirm, can confirm, but that does, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty sad. Like we were like, and there, it would have been just been like simple touches where we were like, change the color of the curtains. Like, literally everything is the same if you've ever been there before. So it's got this sort of like, contemporary sort of theme to it with like cream carpets and like a reddish brown accent color and then randomly on the walls there's like photos of villains and they're calling it a villains thing so like we were like really you couldn't change it to like a black carpet or a black and purple something or black purple and green like come on guys we know the color wheel here well, and um, I wonder if you mentioned that the theming is mostly around the beverages, if that's so that way they do have the flexibility to change the theme over time. Um, I actually don't mind. I, you know, given to some of the history of Top of the World, I don't mind that they didn't fully redo the interior just to keep some of the legacy of it there. But it definitely seems like they've they've intentionally done this to leave it open for them to maybe like every few years redo what that theme is. And I guess maybe make maybe. it an experience for people to to return and have something a little different. Maybe. I just um like listen, I'm very happy for them to have any theme whatsoever because it makes it fun, right? It gives us a chance to go and try some new drinks that we otherwise would not try and, you know, have a little night of it. Um, I think that if I was paying extra money for it, I'd be really annoyed. So I'm going to call this a zero stars. Do not recommend for the extra payment. Um, however, we were able to see fireworks from the lounge, which is, I mean, that is the key benefit of having this lounge it's beautiful and while i was watching those fireworks 
Tron was testing. Yeah, that's and the awesome. Crowd goes wild. Yeah, no, no, it really is awesome. I mean, I'm not quite as excited about this attraction as I was, say, for uh, Cosmic Rewind, mostly because Tron does exist in another park. So we've kind of seen what to expect, right? We know what's going to happen. However, I am so excited for it because it feels like they've been building this sucker since I was, I don't know, five years old or something. Like this thing has gone on forever and ever. uh, And during that time. I want to stop talking about it. Yeah, I'm ready to I'm ready to 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 move on. But also, during that time the the railroad has been down it, and the reason has been given is because of the Tron, you know, construction and such. So, I want my railroad back. <laughs> uh, so yes, when you showed me the video of the of the coaster like running and testing, that was confirmation obviously that we are pretty far along and it's you know, probably getting to that point where it's getting ready to be announced. I don't know. This is my D23 prediction is that it's going to, they're going to say, you know, October 1st for, you know, to continue the celebration of 50th anniversary, yada, yada. We've got a new coaster coming out. That's my guess. Um, Yeah. I just also want to hear the new coaster and the Walt Disney World Railroad is back. Mm-hmm. That's that's all I care about. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's that's exciting. That's that's a good that's a good thing. And so I think we're pretty far along on that. And the hope being that that's what we hear at D twenty three. Yes, the okay. testing that they've been doing. So they were doing they've been doing some track testing for a while, but there have been pictures to kind of show that this is weighted testing. So this is testing not just with the track and making sure it runs smoothly, but they have different weights put in different seats to test you know what it would be like with people on there again to make sure it's running smoothly so it is it's a step forward in the testing they've been done but they've been doing and so i do think i i feel pretty confident we'll get a date at either the parks panel or there is also a tron anniversary panel Mm -hmm. for the the films so I, i feel pretty confident at some point there will be an announcement for tron uh so i that's like the one I would put money on that being announced. And and like you said, along with that, the reopening date of the Walt Disney World Railroad. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. So I mentioned we had talked about Top of the World Lounge. I'd mentioned there's two things that were being reopening, reopening with a retheme. And the other one, maybe less exciting, but I think very needed. Um, so Merchant of Venus, which is in Tomorrowland, is no longer a gift shop, which number one is probably the most shocking thing Disney has done is get rid of a d- gift shop. Uh, but that has been turned into a seated air conditioned area, just like a relaxation station. Uh, and it, from what I've seen is that they've added some attraction posters and they are adorable. There's one for Sunny Eclipse. I saw that there's one for the Timekeeper. I always love when Disney adds this specialty art to places, um, especially when it brings back, you know, you know, I love it when they bring back things that no longer exist. Um, Timekeeper is like one of my favorite attractions that I never got to do. So I'm, I love the way that this looks. And I just think it's, it's surprising at number one, again, getting rid of a gift shop in favor of something that's just too give people comfort uh but i think especially it's just nice to have those places where you can go in and especially in florida where you can go in and have some air conditioning and that it's open to everybody it's not like a card holder exclusive it's not an ap exclusive it's just there for anybody to go in and enjoy i just think that's a nice addition listen i'm just waiting for the lightning lane uh, Disney Plus edition for the Merchant of Venice air conditioning attraction to be added to the app. 
because there's no way that they're taking something out that might have made them money and giving us something for free. So I'm, I'm like, like who's skeptical here? Raise your hand. <laughs> it's me. It's me. Uh, so yes, I'm, I'm waiting for this to pop up on our Lightning Lane attractions uh, to choose from. But uh, but yeah, other than that, you know, skeptics aside, yes, free AC and a seat to sit, all good things. Well done. If we, if it truly does stay that way, uh, you know, I think that's great. I, you know, the only complaint is it's not a very big area anyway. So it's not like there's tons of seating or whatever in there, but, and it is, it looks like it's wide open. In other words, the AC is going to suck right out of that. It's not like, but it's better than nothing. It's better than nothing. So I'm not going to complain. Not going to complain. Well, and since speaking of lightning lane, there have been a little changes to, to Genie Plus recently. There have been. This is kind of a shakeup that at first I was like, oh, that sucks. And then I was like, uh, it also kind of makes sense. It's not, it's a, it's a deal. It's something you need to be aware of. It's something that could change the way you choose to buy your park tickets in the future, depending on your, your wants and needs. Right. Um, but to sum up, uh, Genie Plus is no longer allowing lightning lane selections before park hopping time. So to kind of break that down and explain it, before this change, if I got on at 7 a.m. and my park reservation was for Magic Kingdom, but I wanted to stack for Hollywood Studios in the evening, my first choice at 7 o'clock in the morning, I could have picked a Tower of Terror uh, for two, after 2 p.m., in Hollywood studios and Disney plus would have automatically showed me the first thing available after 2 PM. And in fact, I think they gave you time choices at that point where you could choose, you know, what, what time you wanted to uh, do your Hollywood studios attractions. The new change is that they won't even show you that availability until all of the earlier time slots are booked up. So if it's an attraction that takes a little while to fill up, you won't, you won't see it at 7 a.m. You'll have to keep checking later in the day until that, until the, the times have all filled up, up until two o'clock. And then when the two o'clock timeframe and past starts opening up, that's when you would be able to grab one of those reservations over there. So you can still do it. It's just not as like seamless and as strategic as it once was where you would start doing that early in the morning. Do I have that summed up kind of correctly or has you to see it, see what's happening? This just came out like two days ago. So I don't think any of us have any experience with it, but that's what I think I've been reading. That's how I understood it. And, and to be honest, I never was able to get, I never was able to, I only used Genie plus here at Disney world uh, twice, I think. And I only tried to do the park hopping once and I couldn't get it to work. So, okay. so I don't really understand how it works. Um, but when I read it, that was how I read it. And I was just like, oh, so basically you're going to spend your time then constantly refreshing, waiting for that post two o'clock mm-hmm. time slot to open up. And like the mo- more annoying part is depending upon where you are trying to stack your Genie Plus, right? You have to be whatever, two hours after you, is it two hours or 90 minutes after your last one? 
It's 120 minutes, so two hours. 120 minutes, sorry, <laughs> yeah. sorry. I, I, I missed that part. Yep. Yeah, so two hours after, like if you're not two hours after or you're wasting time two hours after because you're waiting for this time slots over. It just seems like a lot of work, to be honest. Agreed. And I and I almost feel like they're from a Disney corporate perspective. And again, we have no insight. This is us just spitballing or whatever. We know how much Disney loves the park reservation program. And we assume that what they love about that is it allows them to staff accordingly, you know, based on which parks have openings and whatnot. And also if they want to, if one park is looking kind of heftier that day, they'll close off reservations so that folks will have to choose a reservation at one of the other parks so that those will fill up, right? My guess is that this also keeps, maybe, could possibly get you to be less interested in a park hopper uh, because you, like Jane said, you'll just be spending a lot of lot more time trying to make that strategy work for you. Uh, and you might get fed up with it and just be like, ugh, never mind, I'm just going to stay at Magic Kingdom all day long why that would work for Disney is then they don't, they don't have to worry about what's going to happen in the afternoons or evenings after two o'clock staffing perspective wise. Um, Cause that's not something that they can as easily judge or gauge as they can in the mornings with the reservations. It's a guess. I don't know. Maybe we would end up phasing out park hoppers and they would just charge more for the base tickets period. I don't know. What do you guys think? So I actually think it's probably more a um, like a guest satisfaction from the perspective of the guest that has booked that park during that day. And I see this as park hoppers. No, not the non park hopper. Either whether you have a park hopper or don't, but but the primary person, like the person who has the park reservation for that park. So because. I say this, it's not necessarily for Magic Kingdom because it seems to have a lot of availability in Magic Kingdom. But if you go to studios, studios doesn't have a lot of options and they tend to book up pretty quickly because there's not a lot of options and there's a lot of like thrill options. So even by 11 a.m., you'll hear people say, by 11 a.m., my return times were all the way out at eight or nine o'clock at night. So if I'm a person who has booked studios for the day and maybe wasn't, to your point, wasn't planning on hopping or I was planning on hopping, but really I wanted to get some of my genies out of the way and you've only gotten one or two at the park because people from other parks are already booking the end of the day and mm-hmm. taking all of those up, you're sort of like, why did I pay for this? Yeah, right. No, I th- I do I th- see what you're saying from a guest satisfaction perspective, and that absolutely could have come out in their surveys and their discussions and whatever. Uh, obviously, we again don't have any access to that kind of knowledge, but that's a good point. Um, I also saw it as definitely being more favorable than for folks who don't have park hoppers, uh, so that they might have yeah. a better chance to get something later on in the evening and and not have it sucked up by the park hopper peeps. So and yeah. I also think it's it's like park specific almost because like mm-hmm. I said, like like Magic Kingdom, there's plenty of options to roll around. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. but studios I know is really, really tough with, you know, Slinky and Millennium Falcon and Tower and Rockin' and like just all of them. <laughs> right. Um 
Runaway Railway, like all of them on there are just a real tough get. And then, you know, Animal Kingdom isn't really so much a problem. And I don't necessarily know that Epcot is because I don't, I don't know who pays for that Epcot, but, (laughs) um, but I definitely know that Hollywood Studios is a problem. I do agree. I think that was a big part of the reason. I know we're going to talk a little bit about the earnings call later, but since it's relevant to this, one of the things that they shared is that they are seeing, and I'll say this is across the board, so this is both both coasts, 50% of guests are getting Genie Plus and doing those Lightning Lane reservations. Uh, I think you can definitely surmise that that's probably higher than 50% in Florida, lower than that in California. So I think especially when you're seeing, you know, such a significant percentage of guests who have been doing that extra payment to make sure that they can do the, the lightning lane reservations. I think given that it does make sense that they would need to limit people who could get those get those reservations kind of later in the day when there's still people in that park trying to get them, like you said, especially acknowledging the day guests who might not be park hopping, making sure that they still have things to do there in the evening and not have that taken up by the people who are park hopping. So I definitely think that was a big part of the reason. But again, Patty, to your comment too, um, that be- the what they like about the park reservation system and the be able- ability to do that staffing, I think it's, you know, little of column A, little of column B. For sure. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, all right, what else is happening while we're while we're in the app? While we're talking about Lightning Lane, I think there's a couple of other app updates or things that we can just throw out there, just as an FYI. We won't go into massive details because, again, like for example, one of them is the parking uh, ability to like basically say where <laughs> to know where you parked um, has now been added to the app. <laughs> Uh, which I just laugh and I'm like, yes, that's smart on one hand, but also I was already doing that. So I don't need this. Um, right. anyway. <laughs> My iPhone does this for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so what, what all do they have? Teresa, I know you wrote some of these down. Yeah. So, yeah. So what you mentioned is that they have a spot now in the app for you to be able to, it's called the car locator. So you can specify, you know, you can save your vehicle location. You can manually enter it if you want to just make sure it's accurate. But I, I do know plenty of people who know the general section they parked in, but at the end of the day, when you're trying to go back and find your car, just hitting, hitting the, the, the key fob to locate your car by your horn going off. I know plenty, I've been with people when they've been trying to do that. So it makes a lot of sense for the, them to add in the car locator. The other thing that they've added, and I'm there's a few things I noticed about this, which is interesting. Uh, so they now have a transportation section on there and it kind of notes the, basically it lets, it kind of lets you show in the app the way that you can view locations of different things. You can see where all the different transportation options are. Um, so it includes the Skyliner, minivans, parking, the bus service, monorail transportation, and water transportation. One of the nice things about this is they will now put in alerts in the system. If you're going to look at the Disney Skyliner, if you just aren't familiar with it or where it will take you, you can go in and it shows you the routes. It kind of shows you the exact location of the drop-off points over the Skyliner. And I think for the water transportation, it will tell you if they are down especially in times of bad weather. I was, when I was checking this out after I heard about it the other day, both of those, it just came up as a pop-up alert when I went to look at it saying that they were down. I'm curious if it will do that for general maintenance issues along with weather prompted ones. So if it'll be kind of, we've talked before, if you're trying to leave Epcot and going back through the International Gateway, trying to leave through the Skyliner to suddenly realize that it's down, 
uh, that can be a little chaotic for people to then try and figure out how they need to get back to the resort once they've already walked out of the park at, in the evenings. So I do, I'm curious to see how that works with those unscheduled or unprompted ones that are not caused by weather. Uh, something else that's interesting in here is that I'm not saying this means anything, but I think it's kind of funny. If you go and look at it, the Walt Disney World bus service icon, it's got a little bus. And then in the window of the bus, it just says free in all capital letters. And it's interesting to me that given that the minivan is the only one on here that you actually have to pay for at the moment. Why for the buses? They have made it a point to indicate that it's free. I'm not saying that there's anything that they're going to be charging for any of these other options, but it's just weird to me that all all of the transportation options outside of the minivan are free, but they they decided to point out specifically with the buses that the buses are free. It's just weird. I think it's because there could be confusion with like guests who don't come here all the time. They mm-hmm. just heard that Magical Express was canceled. So right. in their heads, the buses were canceled, and like so, they may not understand that you also get like the like the internal buses. They yeah, I think, like I said, I'm that. sure there's I'm sure there's logic behind it, but it was just kind of funny to me that like it's just kind of funny to me. Three I things you can it. do at Disney: ride the buses. We did not include that in our episode. <laughs> I think we. Oh, did we? Okay, we said transportation was free. Okay. Or asterisk, not from the airport anymore. Right. But no, yeah, one, I think we did. And I'll say one thing I would love to see here, I'm sure would be a long, like far, far into the future, just because it's still not as reliable as it could be. I would love now, like the way that they do for the resorts, like when you're staying at your resort, you can kind of see the bus times and when something's coming. I would love to see that in here too. It's like just to give people, especially midday, if you're waiting for a bus to come to take you away from a park, they don't run as frequently as they do in the mornings and evenings. I would love the way to get a sense of telling when when the m- next bus may show up so you can kind of decide, oh, this resort, you know, like this resort or this area is close to where I want to go so I can maybe jump over there. Or I, I think I'm curious if they would ever add that. But I think that I would be far far into the future because the issue now is buses are running consistently but they're still outsourcing some of the bus to other services and if if it's not a disney bus that's taking you if it's one of the people that they've contracted out that is not on the app in terms of when buses are coming so i think until they are 100 percent fully back to it just being the walt disney world transportation system and not those chartered buses it's not really beneficial to have those times in the app for all all about transportation. But now that it's starting to be incorporated, I would love to see that in the future. Yeah, I think that would be a great improvement because nothing really gets me more than leaving a park and then trying to wait for transportation and then you're waiting for a bus and it's taking forever. And it's like, well, if I just knew that it was going to take 35 minutes to get a bus, I would have taken an Uber. Right. Or that, or if you're trying to figure out when to leave a park, you know, and again, I know, and it's not, not always accurate, but trying to figure out, okay, I should leave now because if I leave five minutes later, I'm going to miss the bus and have to wait another 20 minutes. So I think just in terms of people coordinating their day, um, I think it's super helpful. But again, I don't, I think that would be a far long time off, but it's, it's stuff is getting added to the app about transportation. I would love to have that. Magic Band Plus is a thing. It is here. Um, And honestly, like, do you need to rush out and get one? You don't. 
I did. <laughs> it's sitting on my desk. It's a fully charged, which is hilarious because it's just going to die, I guess, before I actually get to use it. But I did go ahead and uh, grab one because I had an annual pass. Uh, and so it was like you could get one for an annual pass holder for a little bit of a discount. So I went ahead and, and jumped on that. I own it. I am personally not super impressed with the things it can do at this point in time. So I'm assuming there will be some additions later on down the road. I don't know. Um, but I also have a blog post. We don't need to like go into deep details on this, but I have a blog post for you guys uh, to kind of tells you what to expect if you choose to do one of these. I'll link it in show notes. Uh, Jane, you've seen them in action. What were your thoughts on it? Um, I mean, it, it uh, has lots of pretty colors that light up. Yep. That's about it. That's about it. Yeah, that's kind of, that was, I mean, I, I know the people that are doing the bounty hunter thing in uh, Galaxy's Edge are enjoying that aspect to it, but, you know, yeah. I uh, 100% <laughs> will purchase one. I don't even wear a magic band ever, 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 uh, but I will 100% pur purchase one and try to see what it does and do all that good stuff. I just did not see the one that I want. So Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So that's that. Uh, the other thing that I had on my little list, just to mention, and, and we're going to say this, like, I'm like, just throwing this out there. It was a big deal. It was a big hoopla, but the Disney cruise line added an additional ship and the Disney wish is currently setting sail. It is out there. It's happening. It's a thing. By and large, for the most part, it seems like most guests are just gushing about how gorgeous it is, how wonderful the staff is, like the cast members have just been fabulous. You know, all of the typical stuff that you would expect, you know, from a Disney Cruise Line experience. But I have heard a lot of folks complaining about the way this ship is laid out. So if you are a diehard Disney Cruise Line cruiser and you haven't been on the wish just yet that's something that you may want to pay attention to or take a look at is that there are some weirdness about the way this ship was built that is not the same as the layouts that you're used to one example that i can give you um, i know there's something to do with the adults only sections is a little different than it was previously but uh, one example for sure uh for you runners out there there is not an, a simple like uh, loop that you can do uh, the, 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 the walking trail, the walking loop that they suggest has a bunch of stairs. You're going to go up and down and it's just, it's not as conducive uh, to getting your run on as, as you might be used to if you have run on the ships in the past. So a lot of folks are saying, yeah, unfortunately if you are in training or you just want to go running go ahead and, you know, plan on using the treadmills, which, you know, hey, you still get to look out over the ocean while you're running. So it's not so bad. But they're saying that from a safety perspective, and just a continuity perspective, the the way the ship is laid out for runners is not is not as good as the other ships. So I just want to throw that out there as a heads up. We're not going to dive too much into the Disney wish. Uh, because we, none of us have been on it yet, and um, I don't think any of us have plans to go on it anytime soon. Um, simply, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why uh, I'm just not personally comfortable cruising 
just yet. Hopefully, you know, I'll, I'll get there, but I'm not, I'm not ready to get back uh, on the ships myself. But anyway, I just wanted to point that out that the, the wish has happened. It is gorgeous. It looks fantastic. There's a lot of fun and new things about it. And if you want to talk about it in the Facebook group, come if there's a, a wish expert and you want to come and tell us all about it, please do. Like I am, I am open to hear anything and everything about it. I just know that there's then some surprising uh, conversation around this as well. Uh, all right. What else do we have, ladies? While we're for a couple of things that we had talked about are teased in this episode that we haven't gotten to yet. Um, apparently, we're supposed to be talking about math today. Math is math. All right. Are we going to jump into this? Let's do it. So <laughs> I am team single writer. I think every attraction well, maybe not every attraction, but I, I wish there was more single rider opportunities at Walt Disney World. And if you're not aware of what a single rider situation is, I'll link there. I have a list of the single rider attractions and I'll list, I'll list, link this also in show notes for you. Uh, but I'm team single rider for a lot of reasons. Um, in some situations, it can absolutely save you a lot of time. It also drives me nuts when I've just stood in line for 45 minutes and when I get up to the front, they're saying, any single riders, any any single riders, dudes, like if you're going to ask for a single, why didn't you just give me my own little area and you could have pulled, I, like it just, blow, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Math makes sense to me. And math is if you have a party of three and it's a, it's a car that seats four, your choice is get a single rider to fill that fourth spot in or leave it empty, Right. So why aren't there more single rider lines? Now, Jane has it all worked out in her head and it makes sense to her. And she knows what Disney is doing and says Disney makes sense and whatever. But the math doesn't add up. I'm going to turn this whole single rider over discussion to Teresa and Jane because it might make more sense to them. But that is just my point is it's dumb not to have them. I wish they had them and, and could make it work more easily because... Again, the cast members always end up asking for the single writers anyway. So why not have just a separate line for it? Line writer beware. You may be standing in line longer. There are absolutely situations where you would have a longer wait. But this would, in my head, negate any reason to mix, uh, to break up your party. I don't know. It just, it, now that I'm like talking it through, I'm like, going, okay, maybe Jane has a point. But I'm going to let her talk about this and explain it all. The reason why we're talking about this is that Soren uh, in Disney World was uh, uh, working with the single rider line option. And do you guys remember there used to be a single rider line option at the Soren in Disneyland and they took it away? Like, I never understood why they did that. Well, now they're testing it over at Walt Disney World. And that's why we got into this whole discussion of single rider. Uh, so, Jane, go ahead give your reasoning. Um, I'm going to just shut up now and uh, you tell me why I'm wrong. Okay. So this does not apply to every ride. It, we started this with Soren and I agree. If we need a single rider line for Soren, then they should do the single rider line. And we all know that um, rides like Test Track and uh, Radiator Springs, those are actually three to a row. So those do very well with single rider lines. However, in Disney World, I noticed <laughs> when Slinky was built 
And now they're doing the same thing for Cosmic Rewind. And Patty was like, we need a single rider line for Cosmic Rewind. And this is where we got into the debate. When they sort you on the line for Slinky or for Cosmic Rewind, um, and I, it's a little bit more difficult to understand with Cosmic Rewind because there are two loading, two loading docks, kind of like um, Big Thunder. And so they actually do this on both sides. So it doesn't matter when you first come down the ramp, whether they send you left or right. But once you get in there, they tell you there are two lines and they ask you the size of your party. And if you are even, you go into one line. And if you are an odd party, you go into the other line. When they load the train, they alternate which lines they're pulling from. If they pull from the evens lane, then every car is filled with evens, perfectly matching up, have a great day, go on your merry way. If they pull from the odd trains, they're pairing up the odds of the parties. So if you have a party of five, then they'll match you up with a party of three and the single from the party of, of three and the single from the party of five wind up riding together. And I understand Patty's concern is, well, they're breaking up and the cars are fours. And I was trying to explain, Disney doesn't care about the car. They care about the train. So they're trying to fill the train evenly. Now, will there come a time where they go and they load the train and they hit a party of three and that's the last one. So they have one single empty seat and they're like party of one party of one yes that will come but will it come as often as happens in test track or happens in you know radiator springs or whatever no because they've already mostly paired everybody up so that's why they don't need to have a single rider line okay so what I want, <laughs> if there's any cast members this who work attractions, about your wants. <laughs> I, I know it's not about my wants, but anyway, this is, Hey, this is my podcast. It is about my wants. All right. Um, no, what I want is I actually want to hear from a cast member because what you're, you know, ha- I want to know like how many times when you're searching for your party of one to finally fill up the train in depends, obviously, I think it would depend on your attraction that you're working, but do you feel strongly or otherwise that a single rider would benefit you, uh, say at Slinky Dog, say at Cosmic Rewind, say at, you know, just anything that you, uh, like there's a single rider line that's listed, but it's not been used thus far at Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. So I'm also, I'm that that's, that's where I land now is your explanation I can accept. I hear what you're saying, but it's still math is math. And I just don't like them breaking people up when you could just put a single rider in. I don't know. Anyway, um, in the, and, and I'm looking at the cars, not the trains. And I recognize this is a train, not a car situation. All right. But still. Um, so now we're at that point. I want, if there's any cast members who can uh, speak to this, just at a, even if it's just personally, I wish that we did this because it would be nice, not necessarily a, uh, you know, it's required or necessary, but I, I'm just curious if it would make their job easier instead of having to call for that single rider through, you know, all the way back through the line and have to wait for somebody to, to, um, you know, wind their way past all the groups to finally get to the front, right? Where if you just had a single rider line, you would just pull directly from there. One over here, one over there. Like, I don't know. So I like yeah, single and riders. I understand. I listen. I love a good single rider line too. Like it's it's quick. It's easy. It's I, I understand. 
The other thing that I did um, read very recently, and it was more specifically to Matterhorn, but I was like, oh, this makes sense for a lot of rides. There's a timing issue. And so it's almost like why they need the need the single rider lines. There's a timing issue to how quickly they have to get the cars off. Mm -hmm. So the single rider is like, I don't have time to dig through a line of 45 people to find a single. I need to just file you in. Got it. And so that's an additional reason why they do them because they can fill them without having to do that. Whereas like some of the other rides, you have a little time to fill a car, load them up, count up what you have there. And so you don't necessarily need to be able to say, you know, need to have this like separate line of individuals because you can't pull from the regular line. And what kills me is, is at Disney World in particular, uh, because Disney World has so much more land, like they're blessed with a lot of land. So they could build in as they're building new attractions, they could build in these single rider options if they're used or not whole different story but at least like I, I appreciated when I saw it at Remy's I was like I have never seen anybody actually get to use this line yet but I do see the signage um and you know the direction that you would go if you were to to use the single rider line um anyway just you know a good conversation Jane and I like got mad about it and I finally told her she was wrong and just shut up and <laughs> I'm sure she <laughs> texted one of her friends and they did even save it for the podcast. <laughs> I did. And and my issue wasn't, it's not that we disagree on whether there should be a single rider line or not. It was the math is math. Like, it doesn't matter. Two odds when you add them up are, are even. I don't understand why she's not grasping this freaking concept. And then I moved on to, she cares about the cars because she's thinking about their photos. And Disney doesn't care if you have to take two photos. <laughs> Disney wants you to buy the whole package. You know, the whole phone package and photos are important but you're exactly right disney don't care what petty wants uh all right so that the, let's move on um but we do want to hear your thoughts on single writers as well uh all right let's talk about the earnings report what do we have to discuss here there was a lot but we're not going to go into massive details because we're not we're not going to this could this also is a 17 hour podcast. That's correct. That is correct. Um, but we are going to talk about a little bit of what we heard. All right. I know, I know there's a few things, not, not a ton, but like one or two things that we're going to want to get and talk about a little bit more. Um, but to will say one of the, we already mentioned 50% of guests doing the genie plus uh, one of the other percentages I heard that I thought was interesting was they've talked about how they've been at 90% capacity for resorts. Uh, I think that was something as they've gradually been opening the resorts, we're kind of wondering how, how that's been looking. I know that they have been much more restrictive when it comes to having resort discounts over the last year. And we still, I don't believe there's anything been announced for the fall yet. They've still been doing some late summer, maybe like super early fall, but generally they've been much more, the resort discounts, you're not seeing them as often as you used to. Uh, and so I think- on that note, I want to just give a heads up to anybody who is looking for and waiting for the fall discounts to come out. I can almost guarantee that there will be an announcement and there will be fall discounts. I can also almost guarantee based on that 90% fill rate option that we're looking at that they announced. 
um, that what they'll do is they'll say, yes, there's this great discount for you. But literally, it'll be like 10 rooms available at each resort. Mm-hmm. And so please Off hold. the presidential suite. Yes. <laughs> right, 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 right. So have your... Um, have your expectations in check, the availability at least, and, and very, very much so on that first day when it gets announced, people will snatch them up. People will put things on hold and then play around with it for a couple of days before they finally, you know, commit to something. Just so you know, the availability during a time like this, Disney does not need to give us the discounts because you're coming anyway. That's that's essentially what's happening. Um, if you get a discount, consider that a huge blessing and amazing and you scored one, right? But also just know that in the past, it might've been very easy to get discounts because they would open up a big chunk of a block of rooms that they were willing to sell at a discounted rate. I don't see that happening in the fall into uh, into the winter based on what we're seeing and what we have seen the, the growth of travel and the growth of getting to Disney in particular over this past year has been so huge. So I just want to throw that out there as your friendly travel agent, that just that's something to keep in mind is that um, they may come and I do expect them to come, but also it's kind of a bait and switch. Disney's like, look, we gave you discounts. Oh, they're already filled up. So Sorry. Yeah, and I also saw yesterday, um, which I thought was really surprising, that the week of October 9th to the 15th and the week of November 6th to the 12th are completely sold out at all resorts Mm. already. So um, November, I believe, is um, traditionally what they call Jersey Week, uh, when everyone comes here from New Jersey, when the schools are off. And then October is just that. It's fall break. Schools have fall break. Yeah, some schools, I guess, get fall break. I don't know. Um, But yeah, I did see yesterday that those are completely booked. So I I agree with you, Patty. I think that there's probably very little reason for them to give a lot of discount. Mm -hmm. I I think they will because it's a PR stunt. It's a PR thing, right? For sure. It makes it look good. And you're like, oh, yeah, discounts every year. But the reality is very different than what Disney tells us. So just Mm -hmm. a heads up for anybody looking. Well, and speaking of demand and availability and what Disney is telling us, uh, so there are also some interesting comments made about how, and again, I don't think this will be a surprise to anybody who has been looking for park pass reservations on either coast, but they were very blunt about how demand is still exceeding availability um, across the board. And that's, I think, particularly interesting when you look at what's going on with annual passes now. I know there's been the hope, I don't want to say indication, but there's been the hope or the thought that annual passes would be coming back in Florida sometime in 2022. And those sales have not resumed yet. Um, I know there's a lot of discussion, a lot of struggles with the magic key side over in Disneyland. Uh, but there were, I, I can't remember if it was like very, they, they said straight out, um, or if they just kind of it's this is the general consensus of people who are listening, but I think we are almost guaranteed to start seeing a lot more price increases because they've said that, like I said, demand demand is definitely outweighing availability. And particularly at a time where they are not reopening annual passes, one way to resolve that is to increase costs elsewhere or increase the costs for people to be able to go. Cause then you are kind of limiting people people buying those tickets and kind of taking up that spot it's just it's it's a kind of a sticky situation right now for them i think it's not 
it's a difficult situation, I think, for us as guests to hear that and for people who already perceive the costs as outweighing some of the some of the benefits that are there. But I think we're definitely kind of getting to a point where if they cannot increase availability, whether it's based on those reservations or based on staffing at the moment, I think we're about to see some price spikes. And that's just going to be interesting to kind of see if that does maybe help them on their side by opening availability for people who are able to pay those additional costs or just kind of what that means overall. Yeah, they also announced that overall per guest spending is up. So per capita, per head, um, spending at the domestic parks has increased. Now, obviously, people are like, well, of course, it's increased because everything costs more and it's inflation, blah, blah, blah. That is true. But they're also saying like compared to um, Q3 of 2021, it increased, but then it's a very big increase from uh, Q3 of... 2019 prior to the pandemic. So we've said all along and they've said all along, they're not, they're not lying to anybody or trying to hide it, but they're looking for folks who are able and willing to pay more for the experiences. Um, they're looking for, you know, just bigger spenders or, or folks that are want to come for this, you know, once a year, big blowout trip versus, um, the annual pass holders and magic key holders who are there a lot more uh, frequently, which rolls into something that was a very big discussion um, across social media. When Disney magic pass holders heard this, it sent kind of shockwaves and it was kind of a slap in the face to a lot of people in some ways. I'm going to ask Jane, who is our resident business thinker, um, to maybe like weigh in on this as to why we shouldn't get so emotional about it, but also how like we all are emotional about it because we feel that way. Speaking of which, full transparency, I am an annual pass holder. Jane is also one. Teresa was one in the past. She's just not currently right now, I don't think. Right, Teresa? Um, yes. Yeah. I let it lapse during COVID and then it, they took they away the availability before. to get them before. <laughs> yes. Gotcha, so, which gotcha. is fine. Like I, it probably would have adjusted my travel. Like I probably would have gone more frequently mm-hmm. if I had been able to repurchase it, but it's, I, but then you I, would have just um, added to the unfavorable attendance mix. Although I would have been booking <laughs> resorts. So would I? Like, right. I would have been paying for hotels and other things. But yeah, the unfavorable, unfavorable mix. I am, I am favorable. Go me. <laughs> uh, Jane, ex- can you, can you explain? I, I don't, I hate to put you on the spot, but you are my, just dis- my business person. So explain what that meant or what they said that got people so riled up. So first of all, I'm going to say whoever, did either write what they were saying or didn't check what they were saying or whatever. This was a terrible, terrible thing to say. And they probably should have said we had an unexpected change in the mix that resulted in X, Y, Z. Because no one would have gotten mad if you said unexpected. But unfavorable is definitely negative sounding. But Correct. from a Correct. from a dollars and cents perspective, what they're saying is it's so right. It's yeah. like unfavorable isn't necessarily wrong from a dollars and cents perspective. It just sounds terrible. It, it is. And so, you know, whenever you go into planning a season for whether it's like I do merchandise and product or they're planning people, they're planning hotel spaces, whatever it is. 
you're planning on a particular percentage coming from each bucket, however you bucket them. And so they do, they bucket by Disneyland annual pass holders, they'll bucket by Disney World annual pass holders, because we tend to have a little bit of a difference here. Um, they'll bucket by out-of-staters, in-staters, people buying promo tickets, people buying full-price tickets, day, day ticket buyers, park hoppers, non-park hoppers. Like, they will look at it in 1,000 ways and divide it up. And you're able to get a trend for every single one of these buckets. And if one of those buckets, particularly the one that has the least return, winds up making a significant increase... That means you lost in a category where you expected to make a chunk of change. So my guess is that in the Disneyland Magic Key bucket, they saw an increase. They saw an increase over what they were anticipating. And with that, it brought less spending. Because even though they, let's say they plan for a million dollars, and these, I mean, these numbers are, are, you know, chump change to them. But like, let's say they plan for a million dollars, they didn't, they put plan on billions. But let's say they plan for a million dollars in annual pass, and that was going to revenue, you know, generate margin dollars, actual profit of $6. And instead, it was $5 million. And that gave them $30. Well, that $4 million in there, that should have come from somebody else who is going to generate $50. And so that's where you see the difference in the, in the quote unquote unfavorable, which again, I would have just worded it differently and said unexpected, but I guess. Or like imbalanced. Like I'll say we're going through something very similar at my work right now. And right, we, the, the, the term you use, it's not unfavorable. It's, it's imbalanced. It is an imbalanced percentage right now. And right. so we Disney, say, Disney PR. Yeah, we so from, say we're seeing a shift in consumer behavior. Yes. And so that's resulting, that's resulting in, you know, an, an unanticipated penix is what we look at all the time. So yeah. So math is math is what you're saying. Correct. <laughs> uh, math is king. Math is king. Um, and yes, math is math. What is so interesting to me is so roughly, so like right after the annual pass holders, right? is the DVC members, right? When we talk about people who are not like day guest spending. Right, right. And because theoretically we do not have to come and pay cash money out for a, a hotel every time we go to stay. Um, now on the long term we have, but you know, 20 years ago, $30,000 was different than $30,000 right now. Correct. So, you know, or 20 years ago, $5,000 was different than $30,000 is today. So what's interesting to me is they're building a DVC in California. So how does that line up? Because you're, you're essentially saying, I don't want this low, undesirable, quote unquote, nonprofit maker category, but I'll take you who makes, you know, three cents more. And I do think part of that is because I do think that um, 
some of the DVC, like it'll gain more people that tend to come East Coast and we'll wind up flying West Coast. And when we do that, we do stay for five days and spend the money and buy the tickets and the whole nine yards. And I think you're right there. I think absolutely that that this is, uh, they've done the math <laughs> and they figured out that not only will they get this big cash infusion when you guys all buy your points for the new DVC mm-hmm. property, but I've been with you to both parks and absolutely Disneyland, you as an East Coaster, treat that as a vacation and you are spending a ton more. Now, to be fair to Jane, I've also been with Jane where she spends a ton of money at Walt Disney World. Hello, drunk shopping. Um, So Saturday. (laughs) So, um, but, but yes, I think, I think you're right. I think that assessment actually makes sense um, from that perspective is they're trying to get more East coasters to come on over to the West coast where they will possibly treat this more as the vacation aspect of things as a DVC member than they do at Walt Disney World. So we'll I mean, I'm thrilled. That. I'm thrilled. Mm-hmm. You know, sign me up like every day, every single time we go into a park, we talk to a park guide about what do you know? What do you know? What do you know? When is it opening? What do you know? When do I give you my money? Like we want nothing more than that DVC to be built. But I do know that DVC members are just second to annual pass holders so well and you know i have to say were you got were you offended by the terminology i wasn't because not I felt, at all i felt i felt validated i've been saying this all along that um i don't want to i won't go so far as to say i feel special that i've been able to to buy my annual pass and i'm just thankful they let me do that i'm not going that far come on but i recognize that as an annual pass holder the way i spend things is very different than when i bring my whole family who are not annual pass holders and they go on vacation uh so the way i come down and just you know pop in and pop out and whatever i spend very little per capita while i am there however if i bring my family or if i'm going with a group that is treating this as vacation i guarantee you that group spends so much more and so i definitely see the dollars and and so i i see what they're saying by they don't want me they want they want somebody who is going to come down and spend a lot more money than I do on a day-to-day basis. I'm just clogging up their parks. I mean, I would say that if I was more local, I'm obviously not. So I don't feel like I clog up their parks. <laughs> um, I really don't because I also, like Teresa mentioned, I get a hotel room almost every time I'm down there. There's sometimes I don't and I stay at Jane's or, or my friend Tanya's, but for the most part, I also pay for the hotel rooms and I am, you know, clogging up as far as that's concerned, Um, you know, going out of my way to do that. But uh, yeah, I just, it was an interesting conversation. It was an interesting discussion. And there was definitely some folks who are, um, who who felt differently and uh, definitely had some, some, some feelings hurt. So the word choicing maybe wasn't so great, but Disney parks itself, not Disney as a whole, but Disney parks itself posted a 70% increase in revenue for the third quarter, um, which is wild, right? I mean, that's a lot, that's a lot of money. We're talking Disney dollars and you're saying that they had a 70% increase in revenue at the parks. That tells you folks, Bob Chapek ain't going nowhere as much as that may break some hearts. uh, He is, he's doing the dang thing, right? He is doing what he is brought to do um and therefore i hate is to say it what it is i hate to say it but i said it a year and a half ago 
Yep. If there was anyone to get them through this, this pandemic, this COVID, this shutdown, this whatever, it was him. I hate it. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. It's true. Although, Iger um, never would have said unfavorable. No, <laughs> no. It's still awful. It's still awful. Uh, it's so bad. All right. Anything else? I think like this is a marathon, a podcast episode. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed it. This is, gotten- it might be our longest one ever. Um, I do just want to add in one, one last thing, which is um, that they did announce that they're increasing their capital expenditures spending to $6 billion with a B, um, which is the highest that they've ever had. And normally when they do this, the majority of that goes to parks, which yes. means... More that stuff. is, yeah, because capital capex is, you know, equipment, um, land, rides, things like that, construction. So um, we should, I think, see some fun projects being unveiled at D23. Hopefully, they'll be for U.S. parks. Um, even point. more, hopefully, I hope they're for <laughs> Disney World. Uh, but you never know, we might just get to see them overseas and then we're just waving from afar. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited about uh, about what's to come. And Tracy, you've got one more thing that we have to talk about before we, we before we sign off. Yes, and I keep going back and forth on is this just a fun little campaign that an individual is doing or is this like a planned coordinated marketing effort? And they are just kind of teasing it along for people who are paying attention. So Jordan Fisher, if you are not familiar with his name, he is one of the singers of Happily Ever After, which I know many, many of us fondly remember and wish would come back. Uh, He also wishes it would come back. And he has been starting a campaign on his social media accounts, basically tagging Disney, asking like, oh, hey, the 50th anniversary is almost over. Like, can we get this again? Like, he's several there have been like several tweets and i think instagram posts where he's basically asking disney if we can have everly happily ever after back and i am just keep going back and forth i'm like is this just him like is he just i mean we know he's a fan also like he just genuinely enjoys disney and i think he really enjoyed that experience of like being part of that show like is he just doing this on his own because he knows that there is a lot of fan interest behind it or i'm like or is disney like prompting him to do that because i was kind of surprised to see him come out and be like tagging disney and being so blatant about it because you know that that would get everybody's attention so jordan fisher walks out on stage at d23 during the parks uh panel is that your equivalent of the chris evans blue sweater moment I don't know if I would go that far. He is adorable. Like, let's let's get it right. He is adorable. Um, I will say I I happily ever after grew on me. It was not I, it grew on me. Obviously, we all know Illuminations was my number one. So if he's announcing Illuminations is coming back, let's let's go. <laughs> right. But I will say I think that happily ever after was like such a beloved show. And I don't think it I think it deserved a much longer run than it had. Uh, I would be I would be really ecstatic if this was kind of like, you know, a, like a mini campaign leading up to them announcing that it's going to be returning at Walt Disney World. And I, I think that would be like a really celebrated decision. So I'm fingers crossed, fingers crossed that this might be part of it. I definitely would not have had that right. as a theory right. if he had not started talking about this. Like I definitely would have expected they would have continued 
well, with the current show for a little bit longer, but I'm like, maybe, maybe this is just their way of like, they're, they're planting those seeds and they wanted to see how people responded. I, like, if they really need to that us. to see how people would have responded, <laughs> as if like the campaigns to get rid of enchantment. You know, I'm just saying, if you see, if you see him shares on social media and you want Happily Ever After to come back, I'm just saying you might want to engage with his content a little bit. Show Disney that you're out there. I'm just picturing, I think that room, as soon as he walks out on stage, that that room would just explode because so many people were just disappointed with what, you know, the, the newer show then that all of a sudden happily ever after is now the new wishes, right? Like it's, it's, it's the beloved all of a sudden everyone's like, I want mm-hmm. it back. I again, don't care. So whatever. Um, but I would I be- just imagine that room exploding and Teresa jumping up and down and clapping and me going, who is that? What's happening? <laughs> No, and that, that was literally like that was our conversation like i'd sent i sent one of the tweets and jane's like who is this <laughs> yeah well you would care if that's what he was announcing because i know you like that show so um anyways. i do i like all, i like all the shows it's funny um heather who is my my bestest and um comes to the box to me all the time she absolutely is not a fan of happily ever after and loves enchantment and like we're we're big fireworks people, but we forced her to rewatch Happily Ever After on um, the hotel room uh, TV last weekend, and she's like, "No, like she's like, I'm not there for a projection show. You get way more fireworks out of Enchantment than you See? do at Happily Ever After." I'm with you. I'm with you, Heather. And I am just like, well, you know what would solve all our problems? Wishes. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Wow. What a throwback. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, all right. I think that's everything. Yes. So if you have strong feelings about wishes nah. or paint the night or math or single rider line, or really anything Disney related, please come and join us in our Facebook group. We will never tell you that you are part of an unfavorable mix. <laughs> And make sure you join us each week on the No Guilt Disney Podcast, because as Patty likes to say, it's no fun to fangirl the single writer line alone. (laughs) Wait, that doesn't work because single writer anyway. Anyway, point being, y'all know what's up. (laughs) Bye, y'all.